Hi, everyone. This is Gary Bean welcoming you to the LL Research Podcast in the Now, episode number 31. LL Research is a nonprofit organization dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community. Towards this end has two websites, the archive website, llresearch.org, and the community website, bringforth.org. During each episode, those of us at LL Research form a panel to consider questions from spiritual seekers. Our panel consists of Jim McCarty, husband to the late Carla Ruckert, scribe for The Raw Contact and president of LL Research, along with Austin Bridges and myself, who are working hard to keep the mission of LL Research alive and well. Each of us, a devoted seeker and student of the Law of One. We intend this podcast to be a platform of discussion as we consider questions from spiritual seekers that often challenge us to articulate our own perspective. Our replies to these questions are not final and authoritative. Instead, they are generally subjective interpretations that stem from our own studies and life experiences. We always ask each who listen to exercise their own discernment and listen for their own resonance in determining what is true for them. If you would like to submit a question for the show, please do so. Our humble podcast relies on your questions. You may either send an email to contact at llresearch.org or go to llresearch.org slash podcast for further instructions. Again, uh, my name is Gary, and we are embarking on a new episode of LL Research's weekly podcast, In the Now. Jim and Austin, are you guys ready to go? We are. I guess so. <laughs> All right. That's, we'll take it. That's good enough. <laughs> so uh, we have a series of questions. Um from a batch that Lily sent in previously. We tackled some of her questions before. And we'll start with Lily's first um, great question. Uh, she writes, Ra says that the Blu-ray center of energy streaming is the center which, for the first time, is outgoing as well as in-pouring. What does that mean? Are not all energy centers receiving and giving energies? So, uh, what do you think, Eeny, Meeny, Money, Jim? <laughs> well, uh, it's a really good question because I don't think anywhere in the uh, information we got from Ra is there a real answer to it. Um, we have some kind of hints and some indications, but I think that if we're going to really come down to any kind of an answer, we're going to have to get it intuitively from our own uh, experience with the material. But uh, from 3910, she was quoting... Uh, this is the first true spiritual ray in that all transfers are of an integrated mind-body-spirit nature. The blue ray seats the learned teachings of the spirit in each density within the mind-body complex, animating the whole and communicating to others this entirety of beingness. So I'm thinking that the green ray is, as Raz said earlier, um, it's subject to being detuned or deactivated by the yellow or orange rays of possession. Is fear of possession, desire for possession, fear of being possessed, and desire to be possessed. So the green ray entity is subject to being, uh, well, running into difficulty if it is opposed uh, by the yellow or orange rays of fear of possession, desire for possession, fear of being possessed, and desire to be possessed. However, the green ray being gullible, uh, that's one thing that Ross said about the green ray. The uh, positively oriented entities in the green ray tend to be somewhat gullible. This was said in response to how Carla might be lured into following a negative entity into a negative time space. So this, there's a gullibility factor with the green ray. But the blue ray, I believe, is based upon honesty and clear seeing. 
again, Ross says at a later uh, session, uh, 4125, that the Blu-ray entity is a co-creator and is an integrated mind, body, spirit, nature. So I don't believe the Blu-ray is gullible and does not have to worry so much about being um, blocked by outside forces or outside entities because the Blu-ray entity is the creator. So this would give the Blu-ray the chance to um, share in a clear-seeing way and not a gullible way. The, the green ray loves without stint and, and is all compassionate, but it isn't discriminating. I believe the Blu-ray is discriminating and with the wisdom of the Blu-ray has the ability then to be able to Hmm, what shall I say, uh, express itself in a manner that cannot be denied by any outside force. It is the co-creator. And there is an s- inspiration and an information that comes from the Blu-ray that doesn't come from any lower ray. So in that regard, I think that the Blu-ray is indeed outgoing in that the energy that the entity with an open Blu-ray expresses is that which does have its force felt within the world about it. It's a, it's an obvious force and it's an inspirational force. So those are my thoughts. Austin. (laughs) I think that was excellent. Um, like you said, we never got a clear answer from Ra. There's no real straightforward uh, explanation of what this means, but there are lots of hints And I collected a bunch of those hints, and I was going to do my best to form them into something coherent, but I don't think I could do better than you did. So I will read some quotes that I think uh, are hints at what Ra is talking about here, and hopefully they shed a little bit of light on it, and hopefully I can find something to add to them as well. Um, The first quote that I have is from uh, 41.25, where Ra is going through the rays and their functions, and Ra says, Red ray is the foundation. Orange ray, the movement towards yellow ray, which is the ray of self-awareness. Green ray is the movement through the various experiences of energy exchanges having to do with compassion and all-forgiving love to the primary blue ray, which is the first ray of radiation of self, regardless of any actions from another, uh, which is similar to what Jim was talking about, I think. They go on to say in that same passage, The green ray is ineffectual in the face of blockage from other selves. The blue ray entity is a co-creator. And that is the essence of Jim's answer, I believe. Um, Another quote that might hint at it is uh, 48.7. Ross says, blue ray is the ray of free communication with self and other self. I don't know how close that is to it, but the sense of self and other self gave me a sense of inward and outward flowing. Um, then 54.30, uh, Don asks, I'll make this statement, which may be somewhat distorted and let you correct it. We have coming through the feet at the base of the spine, the total energy of that mind, body, spirit complex, the total energy that the mind, body, spirit complex will receive in the way of what we call light. Each energy center is as it is met, filters out and uses a portion of this energy red through violet. Is this correct? Uh, Ross says this is largely correct. The exceptions are as follows. Uh, Energy ingress ends with indigo, and the violet is a thermometer or indicator of the whole. So all of the energy centers up to indigo are 
inpouring, it seems like. And then Don apparently interrupts Ra here, saying, As this energy is absorbed by the energy centers at some point, it is not only absorbed into the being, but radiates through the energy center outwardly. I believe this begins with the blue center and also occurs with the indigo and the violet. Is this correct? And then Ra responds, uh, firstly, we would like to state that we had not finished answering the previous query and may thus answer both in part by stating that in the fully activated entity, only a small portion of in-streaming light needed to tune the energy center is used, the great remainder being free to be channeled and attracted upwards. To answer your second question more fully, we may say that it is correct that the radiation without the necessity of response begins with Blu-ray. Although the green ray, being the great transitional ray, must be given careful consideration. For until transfers of energy of all types has been experienced and mastered to a great extent, there will be blockages in the blue and indigo radiations. Uh, a couple of things I got from that is that Blu-ray might be the first that is outgoing as well as in-pouring, but it seems like Ra's saying that indigo is also outgoing as well as in-pouring. And that it's just that the Blu-ray is the first one that does that. Um, and then the key words I found there uh, were that uh, it is correct that radiation without the necessity of response begins with Blu-ray. So I think that also touches on what Jim was talking about and may have to do with what Ra was specifically talking about, this energy center being outgoing as well as in-pouring. Um, necessity of response i'm not 100 sure percent sure what that means but possibly has to do with uh um how the lower energy centers from red to green are more in pouring than outgoing um and then the last quote that i had to touch on was in 75.23 Ara says, the adept begins to do less of the preliminary outer work having to do with function and begins to effect the inner work, which has to do with being. And I think uh, that is sort of a key here is the difference between doing and being, where if an entity is functioning from red to green, they are probably doing what is Ra's talking about as outer work. Uh, having to do with function and less to do with inner work with being and the starting with the blu-ray we start to understand what it means to be rather than to do and like uh, jim used the words the entirety of beingness and uh, i think that might have to do with what it means for the blu-ray to be outpouring and inpouring as instead of just one and that's all I could really glean from that. Gary, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think there's both great investigation into this question on um, both your parts. And uh, my own reply will be a recapitulation of yours in, in some ways. And I have a little new to offer, I think. Um, again, uh, to Lily specifically, this is one of those questions where I initially look at it and don't know, really. Um and I, it really takes some conscious effort to dig in. And then I start making a little headway and then a little bit more. And it proves really fruitful to me. And I think um, that's true with all three of us when we consider uh, questions that come in. So it seems the best I can make of it, and um, 
please, of course, take anything I say with a grain of salt, that uh, the lower centers are reacting to catalyst. Um, they form their responses as the moment is greeted, each in their hierarchically arranged sequence. Um, and each chakra has its own voice, of course, and may express itself in one's behavior or attitude or even communication. <clears throat> but according to Ra, there's not a real transfer of energy at the point of the lower chakras. It's, as Austin was saying, it's inpouring. Um, I suspect that an understanding of electrical circuitry, uh, which I don't have, um, might yield further insight into this. I wonder if there's some kind of analog in circuitry whereby certain circuits process um, in moving and in, in pouring energy but do not share or send energy. <clears throat> um, at any rate, if the lower chakras can allow that energy to pass through, then that experiential energy becomes available for the higher centers. And the higher centers not only respond to the situation but actually give or create. Uh, the Blu-ray entity... <clears throat> is clarifying and penetrating and even shaping the illusion. Uh, as uh, Ra said, and as I believe Austin quoted, the Blu-ray entity is a co-creator. Um, and further, as was quoted previously, quote, the Blu-ray, which is the first ray of radiation of self regardless of actions from another. So the Blu-ray entity is going to shine that love powered light whereas the other chakras are um, receiving that light and responding to that light the blu-ray is is like um, maybe the top of the lighthouse that light is finally outgoing into the world for the first time no matter what the outer circumstances are um, even in the face of rejection or negativity from others uh, the blu-ray entity's feet are planted on the ground of self-knowing um, and such an one is less and less dependent upon the approval of others and is less moved by the rejection of others. Uh, and the truth that it shines is if you study the sequence of chakras, um, it comes after love, after an open heart. So that truth is a compassionate and accepting and loving truth. Um, Though in a fully activated Blu-ray, a clear and discerning uh, truth, one that is considerate of and sensitive to the needs of others and exercises gentleness and patience but still sees clearly. Um, and I think Ra, I had a new quote to contribute. I think Ra speaks to this point as well. In 32.5 they say, with the green ray transfer of energy, you now come to the great turning point, sexually as well as in each other mode of experience. The green ray may then be turned outward, the entity then giving rather than receiving. <clears throat> but Ra goes on to specify, the first giving beyond green ray is the giving of acceptance or freedom, thus allowing the recipient of blue ray energy transfer the opportunity for a feeling of being accepted thus freeing that other self to express itself to the giver of this ray. Um, 
So in Blu-ray and, and green ray is the great transitional ray, the great turning point where the entity finally begins to um, take those first steps outside of the illusion of separation and all that entails. And then um, <clears throat> Blu-ray is the ray that begins really penetrating the illusion and seeing beneath it and recognizing um, in some part the underlying unity of all things. And it wends its way through the various patterns of illusion. And um, finally, there is uh, Scott Mandelker had had a blog for a few years and I had come across one of his posts uh, some years back on this topic, the difference between um, green and blue with regards to uh, Ra talking about um, how the green ray is ineffectual in the face of blockages from other self. The blue entity is a co-creator. 41.25 that Austin read. Uh, that blog post is titled The Fifth Chakra, colon, Part 1. And then there's a Part 2. I found um, his thoughts really helpful. Uh, actually, I'll read a quick bit from him. Um, he writes that fifth ray sees, thinks, and knows, speaks, and hears deeper meaning and intentions, while fourth ray opens and accepts, feels, and agrees, cares, and sympathizes, but can't put truth into words. In service to others, fifth ray speaks truth clearly, while fourth ray feels deep kindness to all. In facing so-called evil, fifth ray, <clears throat> which is blue ray, sees the hidden, knows the ugly, and understands negative mind, while fourth ray finds its kindly heart rejected and rebuffed and cannot fit, quote, evil into the cosmic plan. <clears throat> there are many facts on the ground still incomprehensible in the love without wisdom camp. I think that about wraps that one up for me. Austin or Jim, you got any further thoughts to share? Not I. I do have a couple. Um, just some extra sources for anybody who's interested in learning about this sort of thing, because I think this Blu-ray work is probably what a lot of seekers uh, who are, have found the Law of One are probably going to be working on uh, for most of their incarnation. I think Ross said something like, once the Blu-ray is opened, it's what most of the rest of the incarnation is spent working upon. <clears throat> um one is uh, what I relate to Blu-ray work is what Carl Jung would call individuation. So if you're interested in learning more about that from somebody who I think really penetrated the nature of self, which uh, would be Carl Jung, uh, you could look into his works on what's called individuation. It's essentially the idea that uh, up to a certain point of development, a person is sort of a part of their environment and they haven't individuated from it. They're reactionary, as Jim said in his answer. Um, and then at a certain point, we individuate from our environment where we can sort of recognize what sort of values we are taking from our culture, from our environment, and evaluate them on a personal level and figure out if they are indeed something that is true to ourselves and either let them fall away or uh, support them or gain new values um, and become more of an individual to where you are acting as an individual rather than just a uh, part of your environment. 
And another one, which is another piece of developmental psychology, which is what I think the energy center systems essentially are, are a system of developmental psychology, would be uh, Ken Wilber's integral theory. And I won't get into the specifics, but uh, in Ken Wilber's model, there is a certain point where a person develops to a point where they actually recognize the path of development and they can realize that uh, they went through a certain path of development, that other people are going through a certain path of development, and they are then able to uh, act accordingly when they interact with others or even interact with themselves and identify aspects of themselves. They're able to sort of identify it in an honest fashion and then communicate with other people in a more effective manner based off of their knowledge of where that person is on their development and more easily share love, more easily accept that person and offer acceptance to that person. So those two sources, if you're interested, are uh, great for this sort of idea and looking more into this. So that's all I got. All right. Yeah. We'll move on. We're at uh, 21 minutes, so Lily's next uh, set of questions will probably take us to the end. Um, she writes, how are the energy centers affected when we meditate, contemplate, practice Qigong or yoga? Please compare similarities as well as differences. Um, let's see. How about um, Austin? <laughs> I don't uh, hold me to this, but I am like 80% sure it's pronounced Qigong. Oh. Uh, ref- referencing the idea of chi or like a life energy. Yeah, that makes sense. It's always key in my head. But yeah, <laughs> chi. I think it can be pronounced both ways. I'm not sure. Um, anyways, I feel that um, as we move throughout our daily activities, we are experiencing many types of catalysts that interact with our energy centers in either major or subtle ways due to our biases or imbalances, whether they're large or small. And as Ra talks about the completely balanced entity having no response but love, it's hard to imagine that there are many of us who move throughout every single day feeling only love all of the time. There might be a few of you out there. Um, (laughs) As we experience continuous catalyst throughout the day, I think it leaves a bit of an imprint on our energy system. It may continue to be harder and harder for us to find a place of balance. And there are more kinks in our flow of energy, the more catalyst that we experience. So when I meditate, I feel like I am allowing myself to undo these kinks and allow balance back into my energy body in a way. This meditation doesn't necessarily balance the biases or imbalances that caused them to begin with, but simply allows me to put myself back into a more balanced configuration that might be kind of temporary, but it lets me get to that place. The actual balancing of the imbalances probably comes from that contemplation that Lily's talking about or the balancing exercises that Ra recommends. When we contemplate, I think that we are interacting with our energy systems in a certain type of way, depending on what we're contemplating. 
Like, let's say we are contemplating an interpersonal issue and then we realize that it's based on some deep insecurity that we have and we start thinking about that and exploring it. I think we'd be sort of expanding or contracting energies in our orange or yellow rays, experiencing that imbalance so that we might understand it better and accept it and eventually find a balance for it so that those sort of issues don't throw us off of balance again in the future. Or say we're contemplating the oneness of everything. Perhaps we're energizing our indigo ray in a way. As far as activities like qigong, yoga, uh, tai chi, or other sort of body movements that claim to be working with our internal energies, I think that they're a way of allowing us to become more aware of how this energy interacts with our body. When we meditate and contemplate or balance, I think it's mostly a mental exercise, which is primary to the body. As Ross said, the body is a creature of the mind's creation. But to utilize our body to become more aware of this energy, I think that we can vitalize ourselves, uh, practice understanding the various sensations in our body, and in the hands of an adept, possibly learn to utilize this energy for different types of functions like healing or other types of uh, so-called miraculous skills. Uh, I think it's just a way of integrating the mind and the body through understanding how this energy affects both our minds and our bodies. Uh, how about you, Jim? Well, um, I don't know anything about um, Qigong, but I would assume that along with the contemplation and meditation and yoga, it's probably a means by which uh, we move from the normal beta state which we're in when we're conscious and interacting actively with the catalyst and surroundings, and move into the alpha state and maybe even lower. I think that all of these various ways of relaxing the body also tend to relax the mind. As you said, Austin, the mind is the creator of the body, and the body does respond in a certain way um, that leads the mind to be able to respond as well. So when we can relax the body, then we begin to relax the mind. I think that, uh, especially in meditation, that when we're able to meditate um, without uh, a lot of thinking going on, actually do the meditation, uh, we can move down into the uh, alpha state, and maybe even lower than the alpha state, and can begin to get a feel for the energy centers in how they are operating, whether they are activated or whether there is blockage there. I think that whatever's going on in the energy centers, especially meditation and in the, con- in the contemplation, that you kind of take the temperature of the energy center that is either blocked or the highest one that's been activated. And there is further awareness then on your part of what's going on. If there are blockages in the lower centers or any centers, I think that in the meditation that might be what comes up as a thought. So when you do have thinking that occurs in your meditative state, you might observe the nature of the thinking and perhaps be able to correlate it with one of the energy centers and see if there might, in your experience, be some sort of a blockage there. Again, if there's uh, no blockage, but you simply feel um, maybe a a physiological pressure or tingling or um, uh, even pleasurable sensations at different energy centers, that that would probably mean that those energy centers are activated and that there is some... um, further activation going on that if you are successful in your meditation that will make itself apparent to you. Gary, how about you? What do you think? I think um, very much 
par for the course, uh, like you in Austin. Uh, I would begin my response by saying, well, how are you affected when you meditate, contemplate, or practice other spiritual disciplines? Because the chakras are just components of your own vibratory experience. Uh, the, the fundamental and most important common denominator to each of the practices you mentioned is perhaps presence. <clears throat> if undertaken appropriately, each of those practices helps the practitioner to be more and more present. <clears throat> and what happens in presence? And uh, this will retread some of the gr same ground that Austin and Jim already did. <clears throat> what happens in presence? Spacious awareness is created. And in that awareness is the space to witness and to some extent understand the patterns of the mind, body, and spirit. Uh, in that space is unloosened the habitual patterns of grasping and aversion. In that space is open the potential to accept the rising and falling of the various movements of the energy centers. <clears throat> in other words, bring love in. And in that space is created stillness. And in that stillness, the muddy water stirred up by a chaos of mind-body activity begins to settle. And each wayward energy finds its place in the whole. Each chakra um, has the potential, at least, to harmonize with the system. And each moment of stillness offers a clarified view of the water as that mud settles, <clears throat> um, which can be connected to what Austin described of working out the kinks. <clears throat> which I think is a good way to see it. And, and in that space is offered over time and with considerable discipline and experience of the one creator. Uh, there are an infinite variety of specific effects that each of these different practices may have upon any given practitioner. And uh, each has a unique set of balances, blockages, and activations. Um, <clears throat> and I, as a, uh, Jim mentioned I'm not personally familiar with Qigong um, or how that works. But each practice seems to open a deepened contact with the self, uh, a greater inner harmony, a greater respect for the self, and a greater sensitivity to subtle energy, and a greater ability to potentially open the heart. But uh, really I think intention plays a the strongest role. Um, one can become very flexible in yoga and make no evolutionary progress. Uh, one can incessantly contemplate not spiritual principles, principles, but self and social issues of orange and yellow ray and just perpetuate patterns of blockage. And one can undertake meditation to impress others or enhance the status of self um, if you're in a sort of social circle where that might impress somebody, but one can do meditation without really engaging in meditation. So the most important factor is that which is within the heart. Is there a sincere, authentic, self-generated desire to seek the creator, to grow, evolve, and serve others? I think everything springs from that desire. And practices such as meditation, contemplation, qigong, and yoga then become <clears throat> tools which facilitate that seeking. Uh, they become a uh, means to an end, uh, but they're not necessarily the work in and of themselves. The work is in self-understanding and in self-accepting and in becoming the creator. And those can become very important tools for that process, tools that are informed and oriented by objectives set by the heart. And um, 
for further consideration in 52.11, uh, Ra speaks to this when they talk about uh, Don's asking about meditation and Ra says this is technique, this is not the heart and then they go on to say that the heart of um, the fundamental teachings of all planes of existence is uh, unity, love, light and joy and then when the being is smoothly activated by those fundamental teachings then uh, meditation is becomes important. <clears throat> I think I was just reiterating that in my own reply. So, uh, Jim, Austin, got any more thoughts for Lily? Not I. Not now. All right, then we are about to wrap up. But before we do, uh, we wanted to make an announcement for the few of you listening to us, and that's that uh, we have for some years, um, even before the three of us, um, got onto this program. Uh, it was Carla and Monica, and they were doing it weekly. And even before that, Carla was trying to do a, a weekly chat in the Bring for a Chat Room. <clears throat> and um, so for some years, this has been a more or less weekly show. Uh, but we've um, reviewed the situation and decided that we are going to make it a bi weekly production from now on. Um, it just made sense. LL Research holds 18 channelings per year. And we didn't, didn't really see a need to hold 52 podcasts, um, especially in light of uh, the limited human resources we have here and the large workload that already graces our plates. And uh, so uh, we won't be on next week and henceforward will be every two weeks. Um, and this makes a wonderful opportunity to give some praise to the unsung hero of the podcast, which is Austin who um, puts in a lot of effort to make this thing happen, beginning with he corresponds with uh, the seekers who send in questions, and then he gathers and organizes the questions for the team, um, sometimes uh, getting it from Bring Forth or the Facebook page or from people emailing. And then he sets up the recording of the show, and then when we're done, he edits the audio and then publishes the MP3 to the website, and then he gets the recording to Mary. Hi, Mary. I know you're going to be listening to this eventually. Uh, I'll take this moment to thank you as well because without Hi, you, Mary. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't be, um, be able to share this like we do. So Austin sends the recording to Mary for transcription. Then Mary sends it back. And then Austin sends it out for editing. And then when that comes back, um, <clears throat> uh, he formats and publishes the transcript to the website and then updates social media, including Bring Forth, that uh, we now have a new podcast on the website. And you can check Austin's IMDB page for a full listing of all his work in, <laughs> in the industry. This is just being a small slice of it. So um, Jim and I express great gratitude to Austin for making this show really happen. Indeed. Thank you. And um, if more questions ever begin to flood in, of course, we can revert to a, a weekly podcast. And I will close out my part by saying, please keep those questions coming in. Uh, we really do love this service. Uh, first and foremost, because um, we can occasionally help a seeker by clarifying a topic or maybe providing a bit of inspiration. But it also forces us, in the best possible sense of the word, to mine our own understanding and um, <clears throat> to generate our own analysis. So we're really grateful for this podcast, for what it gives us, um, especially for giving us the ability to share love in this manner. And Jim, you have any thoughts for our, the listeners? Yes. Uh, we will see you in two weeks, but uh, we want you to know that we love you all the time. And we look forward to getting your questions. And we hope that you have a, a wonderful two weeks until we see you again. Yeah. 
love each other and help bring each other home. You've been listening to LL Research's bi-weekly podcast, In the Now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our websites, llresearch.org and bringforth.org. Thanks so much for listening, and a special thank you to those who submitted questions. If you'd like to send us a question for us before the next show, please read the instructions on our page at llresearch.org slash podcast. New episodes are published to the archive website every other week uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern. Have a wonderful week, or two weeks, and we'll talk with you then. <laughs>